0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
1: You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. When has this guy been good? When has he been a dominant player? He hasn't scored 35 touchdowns since his first three years. That one catch in Dallas has loaded up your bag of excuses for this fucking guy like you've never seen before. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSN. Here is Femi Abebefei.
0: Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. And I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos and our producer
1: and the entire crew. Michael great they, work
0: they, they dressed up the animation great work off, I right.
1: asked for green I got green I loved it it was awesome yeah <laughs> nice nice work Elliot nice work crew nice work guys yeah, you it's good to be out here you know I got a nice parking spot out here I feel good isn't, about isn't it, it one you before. know I went to the pool it's, you can't you can't beat it as Parcells would say take a lot of this to kill you out here <laughs> it, it really would man yeah you're out there stadium
0: swim living nice. it up doing everything. Living it
1: up yeah it was great you know yeah. is it, it, it and truly it is So, you know, one of the great things about Belichick is he can always put things in perspective. So whenever he would, young players would come in, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you're in Foxborough, Massachusetts, or you're in Cleveland, Ohio. Same thing. It was the same speech, right? And there's always these young kids come to town, and they're always looking to go somewhere where they shouldn't go, okay? Providence is a huge strip strip club town, Mm. okay? Cleveland had their element of it at well one time. So, you know... Belichick would give the talk all the time of the trifecta. You know what the trifecta is? I do not. The trifecta is assholes, women, and liquor. When you add those three things together, you get the trifecta. Then you're going to get your ass in some kind of trouble. You're, the stadium swim is truly the trifecta. It's the mecca of trifecta. Okay, it's the. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible to be out there, but it's the mecca of the trifecta. Now, <laughs> Belichick would tend to change the word of women to something else. I'm going to keep yep. it clean yep. here. Yep. Thank you. However, however, it's the mecca: you got alcohol, assholes, and women and it's the trifecta you can't you can't make an excuse i know you got a bag full of excuses today i heard him on the pre-show i heard him i know femi's got him he's got a bag full of them dr femi i'm gonna start calling
0: you dr femi i'm gonna gonna defend stadium swim i don't think it's exclusive just to stadium Swim. that just might be
1: vegas in general oh i think it is but i will say this (laughs) about stadium swim they do a great job Mm -hmm. of trying to take away the asshole factor yes they Obviously. do a tremendous job. I mean And it's, it's a difficult one here. It, it, no, it's completely <laughs> difficult. Because I gotta tell you something, you know, I mean I'm at a part in my life where I feel good about my life, you know, and I and I'm I look at the, the pricing, I'm like, holy shit, that that's and there's nobody out there other than me and Bill Berman looking at the pri- like nobody's looking at the pricing oh, like man. they're just ordering bottles of Stoli like it's no big deal like well the alcohol's flowing so does the money I mean, <laughs> the if, if, if barbershop my father would have he would have been out there I mean he, he'd have had a glass of water and left like there's no chance he's <laughs> buying anything out there he looked at that menu and there's no way he's buying anything well
0: you might be able to afford a lot with the contract that Odell Beckham Jr. just signed nice yesterday you like yeah. that
1: one it's a good transition Oh my Odell God.
0: Beckham Jr. signs. Not with the New York Jets, who he was supposed to meet with today. He goes and zags to the Baltimore Ravens. Wouldn't you? I would as well with the deal that I'm about to read off to you right now. One-year deal worth up to $18 million. It's a $13.8 million signing bonus. $1.165 on the base salary. $3 million. $3 million reachable incentives Michael <laughs> your thoughts to this contract that we just saw the Ravens well, inked with Odell? I
1: don't believe it's I think it's a one-year deal it's really probably a five-year deal that voids after one okay because I can't imagine they're going to give him 13 million to sign and have that cap number now I can't imagine they're paying Ronnie Stanley 23 million and a cap number the guy doesn't even get on the field mm-hmm. you know you, you, you know he probably makes it out there it's give or go good player but he never is on the field So I can't, especially where they are. But to me, Femi, this is about, this is really about the power of public relations. It's really what it Mm. is. It's the power of PR. I mean, if the Raiders would have done this as much as people dislike Josh McDaniels, he would have been destroyed. Oh, my God, it would have been destroyed. What a stupid contract, right? What a dumb, how could they do that? The Raiders are ridiculous. The Ravens do it. And with Odell, who also carries a lot of political favors for one catch, you've got a bunch of excuses in your bag for him, too. Like, I want to ask you a question, Dr. (laughs) Femi. When has this guy been good besides his first three years when he scored 35 touchdowns? When has he been a dominant player? He hasn't scored 35 touchdowns since his first three years when you add up all the years together. He hasn't had an over 65% catch percentage. Okay, which is the most critical thing in football. I throw it to you, you catch it. It's similar. It's like Belichick, again, tells receivers, look, it's your fucking job to get open and run with the ball. Catch the ball, get open, catch the ball, and run with it. The only three things you got to do. Okay? So when we throw it to you, you got to catch it. 65, he hasn't been over 60, he was 70% his rookie season. He hasn't gone to 65. That one catch in Dallas has loaded up your bag of excuses for this fucking guy like you've never seen before. Like, you've never seen before. Like, this guy, oh, it's Odell. It's Odell. Like, <laughs> after, since he's been in the league, there's nobody driving to the stadium saying, oh, my God, how am I going to stop Odell? I can't believe it. it's Odell. It's Odell. What am I going to do? I got to roll the coverage. What am I- Are you kidding me? $13 million on a one-year deal? If any other team did this without the political capital that Baltimore has, and they've got it. I mean, truly, they have it. They could control the Southern primaries. They have it. We'll get into the
0: political capital of the Baltimore Ravens, but to your point, Odell Beckham Jr., the catch rate has been in the 50s ever since his first three years, ever since his first year in the league. Now, I don't think he's the good player that we saw those first three years. I think he's like a solid, a good wide receiver, too. And that's where he was with the Rams. You just paid him like one. And, and that's the issue. And I, I agree with you. They paid, they overpaid for him. But I don't think you're getting I don't think he's a bum. Oh, I don't I, I, think he's a bum I, either, I but I don't think it's—I don't
1: think he's turning your franchise around. Just no, ask all the not. people in Berea, Ohio. You think he turned their franchise around? Well, of course not. Of I, course. Now, yeah, here yeah, comes yeah. the well, excuse. let's, well, let's be honest about Berea, Ohio. There was other factors as well. Maybe the guy oh. throwing him the football. Okay, so, all right, let's talk about Lamar. Let's talk about Lamar. If, yep. if I were the GM of the Baltimore Ravens, or if I were the GM of the Colts, if I had a chance to have Lamar on my team, who I've watched since he was a sophomore in college, I would have a bunch of inside receivers— I wouldn't really give a shit about the outside part of the field. They do in Baltimore. There's some preoccupation. you know. We go, remember they brought Deshaun Jackson in? going to save the franchise, right? How'd that go out? How'd that work out for him? They drafted Hollywood Brown, then traded him. They, then traded him. A little receiver, right? They, they draft Hollywood Brown, trade him. They draft Bateman. They probably hate Bateman by now. I mean, like, I don't get this. Like, To me, with this draft, I would build a team with big receivers Yards after the catch receivers that can break tackles, not get hurt, because Mm. he's really good at throwing the ball in the middle of the field. To me, Lamar Jackson is a numbers-to-numbers thrower. You throw the ball outside the numbers, it's not going to be good. You throw it inside the numbers, he's very accurate. And he can throw the ball in rhythm and on timing. So, like, you're not building a team around him. Like, this signing... Oh, he and Lamar Facetimed. Oh, that's uh, that just really warms my heart. I mean, that really warms my heart. They FaceTime. Like seriously.
0: <laughs> well, do you think it factors into the Ravens bringing Lamar Jackson back? Like, is this something that they did as a favor of Hey, Lamar, we will get you another quote unquote. Ha- all right, let me ask you and a then question. Try to, like, let patch me ask you a question
1: up. with a question. Do you okay. think any of these guys who've made billions, who've made billions, and Steve Bashotti's made billions, mm-hmm. do you think they're given thirteen million around as a favor? I mean, I don't, why would do he you do think it any there? billionaire just t- tosses? 13 well, you billion. just run off the catch percentage numbers. If it wasn't for the production, then what else would it be? I, I, well, they have a perception that he's greater than he is. They're, they, they're falling trapped to the Odell factor. He convinces <laughs> it. Look, the worldwide leader is going to talk about it for the next 17 days. I mean, we're on, you know, oh my God, they got Odell. They got Odell. He's going to make these plays. It's Odell. <laughs> Has anybody watched how many drops he's had? To la-? Now, get your bag out. Get it out. <laughs> how many drops this guy's had for having great hands? Ask people that watched him in Cleveland. Do you think anybody in Cleveland shedding a tear that he left? Of course they're not. He was not good. His catch percentage. What is it on his career now? Sixty percent. You know what's going to happen next? It's going to drive me absolutely. You know he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I did a no. Prize.
0: Nobody's making
1: that. Case. Oh you. Be, oh you. God damn you. <laughs> wait. <laughs> Nick Wright will be at, Nick Wright will be leading that campaign. I did it. My first pot I ever did yeah. was called. Uh, 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 we—it was with Nick Wright. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you, you know, and, and it wasn't G It didn't have a GM in title. It was how to, It was like become smarter GM, something like that. I forget. But he, I spent the whole off year that year about him talking to me about how great Odell is. I mean, there's a move. There'll be a movement to get him in the Hall of Fame. Make me smarter football. Make me smarter. Yeah, like it. It didn't make me smarter because I'm listening to him tell me about how great Odell is. And I like Nick. I think Nick does a great job. Nick mm-hmm. gives out opinions. I, I'm not going to argue. Look, I think the thing is what we cheat ourselves in the media is nobody gives opinions. Nick Wright gives them. Okay. He does. Yeah, he does. That doesn't mean I got to agree with them. We can have. Di- to me, it's good to have disagreement. So he gives them out. But he's on this Odell train, and I'm sitting there listening to it. Like, are you kidding me? That that Hall of Fame train's coming.
0: Man, it's it- the
1: land of hope and dreams. <clears throat> that fucking train will be coming down. This is a joke. If anybody else in this league did this. If anybody else in this league did this, if this is more of an Arizona Cardinals move than it is a Baltimore Ravens move, this well, is a Steve Kimes
0: special. Well, that leads me to my question because Eric DeCosta has now been the general manager for the Ravens for what two years, I believe now, two or three years, however long it's been. Are, are we sure that he
1: knows what he that we well, know st- he's doing? Like, is he I think Ozzy signed an extension. Of I was told Ozzy. I mean, Ozzy's still in the building, but Ozzy's going to let them do it. I look. I, I mean, they're going to get an A in the draft. I mean, can you, we go through all their drafts and see how many A's they've gotten? I think all of them. <laughs> the political capital of this organization, I salute them. I I really marvel at their ability to control narrative. They are very good at it. They play the game. They are very good at it, and I don't say this in a in a snide way at all. I, they're very good at it. They can spin things in a way that it, it's it's really really good, and it's a credit to their ownership. It's a credit to their messaging. But this move screams Steve Kime. This move screams Arizona Cardinals. This, If they did it, we would all be laughing at them. Which is Baltimore what? does it. It's, a, oh, Baltimore did it. Oh, shrewd move. Oh, shrewd move. <laughs> they got, get your bag out, Odell. Even though well, his catch percentage is the shits, you know, get your bag out. Even though, I, I'll say this, I don't think he passes the Jets physical. I said that on the air yesterday to you we did the Lombardi line. I don't think the Jets. I don't think he would get past that Jet doctor.
0: Well, Odell gave the Jets a chance to match it, and the Jets, of course, were like, "No, we don't want to do Who's that." Who's going to match said, that? And then he signed with Baltimore, which is why it's weird that Baltimore offered that much money. But you mentioned the well, who who is
1: Baltimore's competition. Do you have any idea? That's
0: why. That's why I keep going back to it's a favor for Lamar. Nothing no else no makes sense. No billionaire
1: turns thirteen million into favor. But no what, billionaire. What, does what
0: that? other explanation would make sense? No, I, I, they think he's good. That's the only there, one. There's no way they think he's that good to warrant that money. Otherwise, he would have been signed already. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just like I keep coming back to this, and and I know how does you, you this make, improve their team? I mean, he's a better receiver than what they had earlier, but from the cap standpoint and the money that it's required to get
1: him, it's not a like a net improvement, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think it's absolutely bizarre. I mean, let's continue after the yes. break on this, because if any other team in the league did this, okay kill get killed. I mean, now if now if the if the Chiefs did it, I, I would be in a different tone because the Chiefs understand how to utilize it. They got Kelsey. No, I'm not.
0: let's talk more about the Lamar part of this here because I think there's, I don't think you're giving it enough credit because none of the other excuses makes sense for me with the Baltimore Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr. We'll be back with more GM Shuffle on the other side. All right. Anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness that's just ridiculously high so what you got to do go check out the pxG black ops driver you'll be as impressed with it as I am learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com GM shuffle and use code GM shuffle at checkout that's pxg.com slash GM shuffle code GMshuffle for free shipping on all equipment pxg.com slash GMshuffle code GM shuffle
1: You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. Presented by DraftKings and VSEN. Here is Femi Abebefei.
0: All right, Michael. Our buddy Jordan Schultz, NFL insider over at The Score... He tweeted out that Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham have had multiple conversations during OBJ's free agency about teaming up together and winning a Super Bowl with the Ravens, according to sources familiar with the situation. That's why I keep coming back to this. This is sort of to appease Lamar and try to get back on good terms with their quarterback because the production isn't there to warrant the contract. And also the, the health with the injuries that Odell has racked up over the last five, six years is not there to warrant the contract. You just said, Steve Bishotti, he's made millions. He's way too smart to just do this. I don't see him falling victim to the PR campaign from outside sources about Odell Beckham Jr. I think this is something to to get his quarterback back on track and back
1: in the building. Well, if he wanted him back in the building, why did not he just give him the $13 million? That's the question I've been asking. I mean, why time. not just give him? I mean, look, what is the alternative, right? So let's just take it from a different perspective. If you're Baltimore, what's your alternative at quarterback? Okay. Let's say let's let's play this out. Let's play the mm-hmm. game. Let's say the Colts make a deal with you and you get the fourth pick of the draft. Yep. You taking Will Levis? I wouldn't. Of course you're not to take Will Levis. I I, mean, I can't imagine take anybody takes Will Levis. Will Levis is exactly the kind of guy that can lure people to thinking they got a really good player because if it doesn't go the way you practice it with Will Levis, it's not going to be there. Now. Mm. It's hard to simulate that in practice. It's hard to do that, right? So, Mitchell Trubisky, as much fun as I make about Mitchell, that's his problem. That was his problem at North Carolina. That's his problem at Chicago. If it goes the way we practice it, he lures your bag. He gets you right into your bag, Broke and you again? get all those excuses. He got it all in there. Look at him. Look at him. He did it this game. Well, it was scripted that way. To me, that's Levis. Mm-hmm. You can't take Anthony Richardson there, right? You can't, because if you take Anthony Richardson, you still don't know. You're taking an athlete. You know who's very erratic with the football, very erratic, and there's no way. So, so say you're Baltimore and you trade Lamar to Indianapolis, you got the fourth pick. Who's your quarterback? Well, hold on. What what if CJ Stroud is available at pick four? Well, there's there's a possibility. I think that makes I think there's some conversation to have about that. I'm not saying he would slip there. I'm not sold. What are we? August, uh, April the 10th. I'm not sold that the Houston. Texans are just completely locked in on a quarterback. I'm not sold on that. I think there's a longer game to be played in Houston. D'Amico mm-hmm. Ryan's got a six-year contract. You know, I think there'll be some organizational changes in Houston after the draft. I believe that. I think there's going to be some way. I'm not saying that that people are going to get fired, but I think there's organizational of the way they shifted things down there. So getting the six-year deal, the long play. One thing you know about if you're D'Amico Ryans, you ain't getting fired after a year. No. no. <laughs> right? so, I mean, that'd be a lot of money to just I mean, be chilling. <laughs> why not go 1-15 and get yeah. Khalil Williams? Yeah. Why not get the better quarterback? Why not rebuild the team, do exactly what Kyle Shanahan did in, in, in San Francisco, start slow, and go from there? So, yeah, I mean, if Stroud was there, I think it becomes easier. Although, Stroud's an interesting guy. Stroud is, you know, that, that Ohio State offense is not pro-quarterback friendly right? Mm-hmm. It's just not. I mean, look at the guys who've come from it. Fields struggles. Dwayne Haskins struggled mightily. It's a, it's a little bit too much of the coach involved from the sideline predicated. I think Stroud's accurate. I think he's got all those things. I like Stroud. I'm not against Stroud. I like Stroud more than I like Fields coming out. And I wasn't a Fields guy, mm-hmm. but I would say this. I, I think to me, if you're Baltimore, it, that's a, that might not happen. So where am I getting a quarterback? If I trade Lamar, You're trapped. You're almost in a and look. I don't think Lamar gets enough credit for this. The you know he won 14 games as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like that shit is hard. Mm-hmm. That's not like we're just dismiss that like it's no big deal. He's 45 and 16. We we dismiss his one <laughs> loss record like it's no big deal. People just you know why it is? It's people justify their draft grade on him. Mm. A lot of it goes back to that. A lot of it goes back to. We're going to justify our grade on him. We're going to justify why we missed on him so they can go tell their owner, we missed on this guy. You don't think this happens, but it does. It happens on all levels. You know, you recruit a five-star in college, and you get some kid that you don't have to beat for anybody. Okay, let's uh, let's play this out. Joe Burrow, yep. Mr. Ohio, three-star. Okay? Dwayne Haskin, five-star. God rest, God, rest his, God rest his soul. You know, I feel badly about his life. Mm-hmm. He's five-star. Urban has no interest in Joe Burrow. No interest in Joe Burrow. This is fact. This is not Michael Lombardi making shit up. This is fact. He puts him on the scout team, makes him wear a red, doesn't even give him a red jersey, he gets a shit kicked out of him. Kid's going to grad transfer out. And if Siano would have gotten the Tennessee job, he would have gone to Tennessee. But, the, of course, they had the, the the uprising in Tennessee, and he doesn't get that job. So anyway, so he goes to LSU. There's no comparison between the two. But what happens to us in personnel is our, our bias doesn't end we don't grade players from what we see we grade players from what we think and so mm. this is what perpetuates it moving forward and so everybody's sitting there well Lamar you know he should have been a receiver he should have been this the guy's got what did you just say 49 and 14 45 and 16 as a 45 starter. and 16 that's that, that's an incredible record like like that's
0: Tom Brady level. Like that's the, the, that's winning. Don't tell
1: me this is the, the greatness of the Ravens. Like watch the freaking games. That's what the PR campaign will tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Like watch the
0: games. Like, and I go back to, and sorry to cut you off, but in 2018, when they were starting Joe Flacco to start that year, they had just drafted Lamar Jackson. Okay. But we want to bring him along slowly. Flacco starts playing poorly. The Ravens hadn't made the playoffs for, I believe two or three straight years. It could have been bad for John Harbaugh and all those guys if they don't put Lamar in the, into the lineup, and he also helps them win the division that year, going 6-1 and one down the stretch. Like, like, he saved a lot of jobs, I think, in
1: Baltimore. Uh, yeah, and I think to me, look, the kid is, again, he's being penalized for everybody's draft report, mm-hmm. and people are like Neville Chamberlain walking around with their draft grades, you know, when he had the Munich Agreement saying Hitler's not coming, I got it right here, right? They're all walking around with their draft grades, like, they're, they're saying, like, oh, see, I told you so. I told you so. Mm-hmm. Like, that's bullshit. Like, watch the tape. Like, the, you drive to the stadium on Sunday morning, and you're worried about this fucking guy. You, now, you could say he's going to get hurt. Okay, great. They're all going to get hurt. Yeah. They all get hurt. I mean, you know, but he's a hard player to defend. And if you built the team around him the right way, again, more under center, an outside-inside zone, Big receivers yards after the catch. Forget about vertical speed on the outside. He's never been a good nine route thrower. He's been a good post thrower. He's never been a good nine route thrower. I mean, so you got to understand where he wants the ball. So, and and again, Odell doesn't fit. They, they could take all the snapshots they can. T- to me, Odell doesn't fit for that. I, I don't see Odell being an inside physical receiver because look, the other thing about Odell, he can't stay healthy either. Nope. I mean, how, how ironic is that? <laughs> Now, let's just put that in perspective mm-hmm. for a second. They don't want to pay Lamar because he gets hurt. They got no problem paying Odell, and he gets hurt. Nobody's <laughs> going to ask that question. It doesn't make a lot of sense, which is why, and I've
0: been harping on it, I think this is back to appeasing Lamar Jackson. Now, I'll walk down the road with you. You just talked about how, let's say, they make the trade with Baltimore, they go up to number four, and there's no quarterback there that they like. They take, let's say, a defender or whatever, one of the good defensive guys on on the defensive line, Tyler Huntley is the quarterback with, with, with Odell Beckham Jr. And Huntley, I get it. He made the quote-unquote Pro Bowl. He's a solid backup player, and will come in and be a good spot starter. But I don't think you're expecting Huntley to be your 17-week starter. No. Like, I mean, that, like That's not something that I think a team is expecting, or at least a team that's expecting to go to the playoffs, which is always the expectations with the Ravens.
1: Do you remember in 2019, uh, that was the last time your man uh, played 15 games in the league? That was your guy, Odell? He played, he was targeted. Remember how many times he complained about he wasn't getting the ball that year. He was targeted 133 times. He caught Mm -hmm. 74 passes that year. Okay. So like, can we please stop the nonsense that, you know, we're not trying to get the, the Cleveland wasn't trying. Now you can say Baker Mayfield stinks and I'm not going to defend Baker Mm -hmm. Mayfield here. However, that being said, if it's Huntley, that 133 to 74 is not going to be at the, that's, that's not going to be good. Like Huntley's not getting him the ball no. on that. They're not, first of all, they're not gonna they're not gonna target Odell 133 no, times. Much. So they must know something that I don't know and you don't know that Odell, maybe they know no one's gonna offer Odell and he's coming back to sign the tender. Oh, you mean Lamar, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That no one's gonna offer Lamar and he's gonna come back and sign the tender.
0: That could be it. They could run it back for hey, let's let's just patch things up for 2023 and let's go and see how this thing works. And, but you, we've talked about if he plays on that tender, we're right back here again next year. Yeah,
1: we're, I mean, like, what do we do? Look, I, I, you know, when you when you go through when you go through the 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 uh, when you go through just when you look at the uh, the contract for the great one, uh, your boy uh, Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. which you don't. It's I not mean, my boy. Yeah, I know. You don't have <laughs> as many excuses for him as as you typically well, do. Because but,
0: the tape but, speaks for itself with him.
1: I mean, you know, he signs a four-year deal in Mm twelve, so he gets in two thousand sixteen. He gets twenty million guaranteed. Yep, he gets twenty-four guaranteed in seventeen. He gets eighty-four guaranteed in eighteen. He gets sixty-six guaranteed in twenty, and he gets another thirty-five guaranteed in twenty-two. So over his career, he's had two hundred thirty million dollars, of which two hundred twenty-nine are guaranteed. Can Lamar call and say, Kirk, what's who's your agent? Well, but but this is a this is the effect of staying on the tender just playing it out. Right. But see, nobody sits there everybody says and Steve Bishadi's right. I don't want to pay fully guaranteed contracts. I'm sure Minnesota That's... doesn't want to pay fully guaranteed, but they did. They did, yeah. They did, you know. Do you think the Rams really wanted to pay 57 million to to Matthew Stafford for the next 2 years? Give a let's let's take lie detector test on that and see if they think they want to pay that. Like come on. You know, He's a stalwart of the organization. Yeah, like they okay, told us. yeah, they trying to trade his ass, and yet you know they want to get away from the fifty-seven <laughs> too. So let's just let's just be real. To me, like I've said many times, if the Rams weren't trying to trade Stafford, they they should all be fired for malpractice, because if they're not, they're not trying to win. That, that To me, instead of saying that's a negative, they should have stood up and said, yeah, you're damn right we are because he sucks and he's going to get hurt. Well they,
0: well, they can't say that because he's still going to be their guy. I but, understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm
1: just saying you got to be yeah. proactive with it. Yeah, they, they had to put out the but, spin out there. But but like Lamar, I mean, you're paying Kirk Cousins $229 million. Lamar, but again, it goes back to Lamar and when he came out and people's perception. And I told you I was right about Lamar. Look, he's no good. You know, we all instinctively do that. You know, it's like Josh Allen. I wasn't, I thought Josh Allen's accuracy wouldn't change. It Mm -hmm. did. Okay. But there are still times when his accuracy is a problem, but that doesn't mean he's not an elite player. That doesn't mean I was right on him. That Mm -hmm. means I was wrong. I I was really wrong, but there are times when it shows up, right? You gotta be, you gotta be You gotta remove your bias up from it. Like I was wrong on Allen, I was right to a degree, but totally the guy's an elite player. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of this is a lot of these owners who had teams that passed said, "Why didn't we take Lamar Jackson?" And then you got to have some sort of an excuse as to why you like, didn't. Exactly you right. Got to justify it. Uh, it's it's all fascinating with Lamar Jackson and now Odell Beckham is in this cocktail down there in Baltimore. We'll see how it all works out on the other side. I want to talk about these quarterbacks that are coming out here as particular Bryce Young who's visiting the Panthers next. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-N-Y or text hope ny 467 In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
1: you're listening to the gm shuffle with michael lombardi presented by DraftKings and v-sin here is femi abebafe all right
0: let's talk some nfl draft two and a half weeks away we'll know who's going number one and all the mock drafts will be put to the side and we will never look at them ever again and we'll regenerate some mock drafts starting up, coming up
1: next and, fall. And we'll never look at the draft grades again. I was just <laughs> looking at the 17 draft today. Uh, going back, that was the Miles Garrett draft, you mm-hmm. know, and Solomon Thomas. Trubisky. Uh, yeah. Can I read you what somebody said about that draft? Yeah, please. Please. I love that this is, this to me is why just overall or about a specific player. No, this is the overall grades. This is the okay. five. You, Cause the good thing about the internet, you can go back and check. We're all wrong. It, it's I forever. Mean, the internet is forever. forever. It's forever. We're all wrong. I mean, I'm not saying there, but my point is in bringing this up is not to attack anybody. It's to let's put things in perspective mm-hmm. that, that these guys that are giving out these grades and these guys that are doing the mock don't know San Francisco. John Lynch went straight from the booth to the general manager role, but didn't look like a rookie GM in his first draft. On the first night, he made two smart trades and added two prospects that are in my top eight, Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster. Got an hmm. A-minus for that draft. It's a disaster, by the way.
0: It's an unmitigated disaster. Solomon you know what the Chiefs got on, for like, team that draft? Four?
1: You know what that draft's got for that? What, what did the Chiefs get? Take a guess.
0: Uh, I'll say B-minus? C-plus. C-plus. C plus, yeah. and, and what they did was they moved up to number ten, ten. gave up
1: a first round pick to get the, the the generational talent. Some guy named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I got think. a C plus. My point here is this: the, the drafts are all like nobody goes back and studies the mocks. Nobody goes back and studies the grades. They just assume that if you go by the by what the the team needs and what the the guy who's making the selections for the world, Mel or Todd or Jitter. J- it, it's whatever their board says, mm-hmm. right? It's whatever their board said. If you if you do what they think is right, you're going to get a good grade. A plus. If, if you don't, it's not. Whoever takes Will Levis will get a huge A plus from Mel because Mel loves Will Levis, and Mel's going to tell you, "I love Josh Allen, and I was right about him, which he was. Yeah, he was. I, I'm right. I'm right about Will Levis. Okay, great. But you're also wrong about a lot of guys too. So we all are wrong, yeah. and we all make mistakes. So my point here is that that. You got to be really careful. And when you're in this quarterback world, this is a dangerous terrain to be in. You just just don't know. You and I did a show on Saturday. I think it was Jim Nagy we had on, mm-hmm. the director of the, uh, the Senior Bowl. And Jim told a story about, you know, Jim's a former scout in the league, was in Seattle for years. So he's, you know, he, he's been to enough pro days to understand the behind the scenes aspect of the pro day. And when he told the story about David Tepper, two airplanes flying in Tuscaloosa, David Tepper going into Nick Saban's office alone, one-on-one with Nick, sit down one-on-one. That, to me, was was fairly revealing mm-hmm. because you know Tepper's making the call. And he should make the call. I mean, look, he bought the team. He's gone through it. He's, he's making the call through consensus. He's going to drive a narrative through search. He's trying to ask the right questions. But once he closed that door in Nick Saban's room, Knowing what Nick knows about Bryce Young compared to other players in the league and being a defensive coordinator, you know goddamn well he walked out of that room knowing Bryce Young's his pick.
0: And right now, over at DraftKings, our show sponsor, Bryce Young is minus 105 to go first overall. The favorite, though, is C.J. Stroud. Young just so happens to be going on his visit to Charlotte tomorrow to meet with the Carolina Panthers. Do you think after tomorrow we will know, the whole world will know, that Bryce Young is is the top pick because we've talked about how there's nothing for Carolina to hide. Yeah. I don't think they're going to move down. So who cares if everybody knows that you want Bryce Young? You make the selection. You control everything here.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Bengals made it very clear they're picking Burrow and we are yeah. trading them, right? I I, I I don't understand why they wouldn't. I think that that to me could happen before the draft unless the league office says just keep it quiet. Yeah. Let's TV just keep it for the TV show, let's keep it there. But yeah. it's going to be hard to keep quiet. Look, when he comes in. I mean, when he walks in your building, he has that alpha male ability to drive everybody around and be behind. It's gonna be really easy to fall in love with him. Let's say in that CJ CJ Stroud's a different type of guy. CJ Stroud's a little harder to coach. He's he's kind of got a little bit of an edge to him. Mm. He's not not in a bad way, but you know, he's gonna ask why. He's got, you know, he's just strong. Whereas Bryce is I don't wanna say he's easy to coach, but Bryce is really understands the game differently. And as I mentioned on this podcast before, he sees the game way differently. He's got that point guard ability, and he's got the ability to to understand what's going on in the offense, and he can tell you what happened. He's unbelievable in interviews. People that have interviewed him said, like, this is unbelievable. It's like having another coach on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how it's not the pick.
0: Yeah, there was the anecdote that we were hearing during the scouting combine broadcast, and I think it was Daniel Jeremiah was talking about it, how Bryce Young would come in on that Monday after games and already have – the scouting report dialed in for the next week's opponent and we'll be talking to the coaches and hey like did you see this or did you see that or or how can we do this or he would have these plans about how to attack the defense and that just goes to show you the preparation and just the overall love of the game that the guy has like he is passionate about football and it shows in his play i mean he's phenomenal on the
1: field yeah and I'm, it doesn't make CJ Stroud a, no. a bad it just is this is this, this is who you if you're going to make somebody the first pick in the draft this is the description and the character that you want this is what you want and so I just think that's the case. And so, but I do think, I really do think, that the only reason Houston hasn't moved yet is because if Stroud does go one, they take Young easily. They just turn the card in. They turn the card in. If Young goes, maybe that pick is open. Mm, that number two overall pick. And I want to. We'll do you think talk somebody would trade up for that to number two?
0: Yeah there's got to be somebody out there that loves C.J. Well, Stroud. You, you
1: would think if you're the Colts at Ford, you're not going after Lamar, and there's things – you you have to like Stroud better than everybody else. You have to like Stroud better than Richardson. You have to like Stroud better than, than, than Levis. You have to. I've seen
0: in the mocks, there's been a lot of rumblings that Tennessee has an appetite to move up, maybe all the way up to number three. Maybe it could be the two, but I, I don't know if Houston would want to trade with Tennessee being in, inside the division – Handing them a quarterback, I don't yeah. know how that kind of that it depends, dynamic on works. Is. It depends on what the deal yeah. is.
1: Depends on what the deal is, but I do think that when you are Tennessee and you're carrying a huge cap number on Ryan Tannehill, it, but the cap number is all tied to paragraph five. Mm-hmm. So for fans out there, if you go to some of these websites that that discuss the cap, over the cap, that's really good. I mm-hmm. think there's another one out yeah, there, Spot Track, I Spot believe. Track. That's really good too. I, I mean, I I join both of them. I look at both of them. So when you see a player that has a large Paragraph 5 that's still on the books this time of the year, okay, that tells you two things. It tells you the team doesn't want to redo his contract because they don't want acceleration following him through. And the team's trying to get out of this contract. Brian Tannehill has like $27 million in Paragraph 5. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go to him... If they thought he was their quarterback for the next three years, they would go to him. They guaranteed the 25000000 million. They'd lower his cap number. They have room. They don't want to do that. They don't want any more lingering bonuses going. Minnesota did that with Cousins. They didn't want to, but they were trapped to do it. Mm-hmm. They just keep buying it. They're spending mo- bad money for good money. I mean, they just keep doing it, right? So I think that makes the Tennessee rumor more realistic because t- they're sitting on this huge paragraph five that they haven't touched. And if they draft Richardson or if they draft Levis or if they draft Stroud, they can dump the money and then they could pick and they dump them in June. And now they've kind of got their cap back in order. Mm-hmm.
0: And they would have their quarterback and wouldn't
1: really need to be panicking but right now. Would on. they have their quarterback? See, that's Whoa. the question. Is like they would we, have a quarterback. Okay, like let's take the Colts, for example. The Colts say, Okay, we're gonna stay at four, we'll we'll pick Will Levis. Okay. Everybody will say they have their quarterback of the future. I would say they're doing the same thing they've done every year which is a one-year player. Because once they realize that Levis isn't the guy, just like they realized Rivers wasn't the guy, just like they realized Wentz wasn't the guy, just like they realized realized Ryan wasn't the guy, they had to find another guy. When you pick Levis, you still need a quarterback. You still need one. There's too many flaws. You still need one. So all they're doing is shifting their model from veteran to rookie. Now, the rookie they'll give two years, three years. Mm-hmm. But whoever makes that pick won't be around for three years. Mm. so let's say they pick anthony richardson yep and they have all the people all the coaches all the like i i would bring a tape recorder to the room because i know how coaches operate right so bring a tape recorder to the room and say okay what do you guys think about anthony richardson i think he's going to be great stand on the table yeah we can make this work because what would happen is if we take him okay two years later when i'm fired they're all going to sing the song i never wanted to take that son of a bitch he's the worst player i ever saw they stuck me with this guy. Do you laugh? You laugh. It's, it's that petty in the room. You laugh. It's so true. Anybody who's in the league that's listening to this knows this is one thousand percent true. Cover your ass. I guess huh? uh, the, every guy in the room will say, "I never wanted." They stuck me with this guy. You know, I mean, I I told him he wasn't going to be able to do it. They just wouldn't listen. That's why when you make them stand on the table, no, 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 no we stand on the. No. Well, you know, then they got to start couching. That's what happens. You think you have buy-in. You think you have alignment. But what you have is people on the same page. See, there's a difference between being on the same page and being aligned. Aligned means you agree you're going to fight through the obstacles. Being on the same page means it looks good right now. Mm. You follow me? I'm following, yeah. It looks good right that's now. The, it, but it, it may not look good two years from now. So for me to save my ass, I got to go back and cover that. And so that's what's going to happen. So the Colts will come out there, and they'll be on the same page about Anthony Richardson. But in three years, they won't be aligned. So it's like a get-along to play-along, essentially. Exactly right, to get through the moment. To get through them, yeah. And then they got their quarterback on their depth chart. We got a quarterback. But then two years, they still need a quarterback. See, that's the job of a general manager is to see the today, what lies distantly in the future, and then what, sees t- what's, what, what happens two years from now. So if, if I'm in Houston, if I were the GM in Houston – I wouldn't pick, I would basically look at Khalil Williams or all these other, like I wouldn't force the quarterback pick there. And I think the Case Keenum signing is an indication that they're not. I'm not saying Case Keenum's any good. I would not have signed Case Keenum for the record. Mm. But but to me, but to me that tells, when you have Case Keenum and Davis Mills on your team, like and now you're going to add another quarterback? Like what do you need that for? You could have Davis Mills as the backup at cheap. Why would you pay? So for me, I think if I'm, I think Houston's looking down the road. Like, let's get the right quarterback. Let's not fill out the depth chart. It's almost
0: like Houston is maybe signaling, we don't believe Bryce Young is going to be there at two. Let's
1: just get through this season and then go towards next year. I, I, I kind of read that. Now, that's the non-obvious, and you could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you were a GM, you have to assume that. Now, if you're a GM in the league, if you're Chris Ballard, you're calling Nick on the phone. And you're going to gauge by that conversation how serious he is about moving the pick. If he says to you, if, a, if the guy we like's there, we're not moving, you know he's, he's talking about Bryce Young. If the guy we like's not there, we're probably, we could move it. I don't know if we would, but we could. Mm-hmm. And and it ain't Will Anderson either. When we come back, let's yes. talk him.
0: Yeah, we're, we're going to go inside the war room, some more in-depth talk about what's going on, because I think this is a really fascinating conversation, and especially the point that you brought up about uh, we're just getting along to play along. But then two years down the line. Nobody's along. Nobody's aligned. I, I always said he would be bad. That's right. I've heard that. So I don't know why the fuck we picked this guy. <laughs> More GM Shuffle on the other side.
1: You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. Presented by DraftKings and V-CIN. is Femi Abebefei.
0: Boy, we've really cracked the code here on the GM shuffle going inside the war room. Obviously, Michael Lombardi, our front office executive here, has been in many of war rooms leading up to NFL drafts. And I think for fans, it's awesome to peel back the layers here because we see all the mock drafts. And, we, and we've we pretty we've shit on mock drafts a lot here on the podcast. I'll be frank well,
1: about it. Well, well, but, well, well, we should. But
0: and, and that's the point I want to ask you is that inside the room, when you're one of those 32 teams, are you using those mock drafts to kind of maybe gauge, okay, maybe this is where that team might go, they could go here, or is it just all from the pro day circuit of talking to people from around the league? I think
1: it's talking to people, understanding what the true needs are, knowing the depth of the team, and and then trying to understand the modus operandi of how they behave, really have a profile for every general manager, how he behaves, how he trades, what he does through history. Mm -hmm. And then you also know that what you do with the mocks is you take all the data that you can collect from them and throw them into a, a a sort system and come out with a rating for the player based on mocks. So you for example, you you know, you're gonna you want the top one hundred players based on mocks. Okay. So you know that if you're a team picking in the twenties that you're going to get X amount of players, like how many of these players could we get out of hundred? And so you're trying to kind of gauge it, like what's the realistic time we have to pick Washington, the tight end from Georgia? You know, where where's his range? You're not know saying, you know, so if we pass him here, will we have a chance to get him there? It's a little bit of playing pool. We're gonna make this shot. We got to set the cue ball up for another one, and you you don't fall in line to the rhetoric. Like I, I talked to two or three teams, like I keep asking everybody this question: mm-hmm. What tape am I missing on Will Anderson? Because everybody has this guy as an elite, elite player. Like he's the the Von Miller. He's T. Bruce. TJ Watt Smith. or something. He's yeah. Bruce Smith. No, TJ Watt. He's not I mean, TJ Watt's college tape was better than his, but TJ Watt, what'd he go? Like 10th? It was right after Taco Charlton for the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no, you know, mm-hmm. sure. That yep. was in the twenties. Yep. It was in the twenties, mm-hmm. right? So like I keep asking, like, what tape am I missing? So what one year we were in the draft room the great Dominelli, who I love to death, he loved Chester McLaughlin. He loved Chester McLaughlin for good reason. Chester was one of the most dominating players you could ever watch on College State. Problem was, Chester was really hard to coach. Chester wasn't in love with football. Chester played football and played part-time. He walked off the field of the of the, uh, one of those bowl games in Orlando, the mm-hmm. Citrus Bowl, I think it was. He just left the field because he got fed up with the Clemson coaching staff, and he left. So we set the board to Chester. And so everybody then had to match up to Chester. Well, but Chester was such an underachiever that that was the board was fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like, by halfway through doing the meetings, I'm like, "Look, we either got to adjust Chester, or we're going to have a fucked up board. Like, this is wrong." So, uh, uh, so Will Anderson, wherever you wherever you put Will Anderson on your board, where are you putting Daryl Wright from Tennessee? Because he kicked Will Anderson's ass. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me Will Anderson's better than this guy. Don't tell me that because it's on tape. We can sit here and watch it, right? We can sit here and watch the goddamn thing. So whatever grade we give Will Anderson, we're going to give Darrell Wright. Well, he didn't have as many consistent games. Okay, let's watch all of Will Anderson's consistent games. Like, I think Tyree Wilson, I think Miles Murphy, the kid from Clemson, I think those two guys are thought of more of higher potential and ceiling than Will Anderson because I keep asking the question, what tape am I missing on Will Anderson? And what's the answer? No, you're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. Wow. He's not a dominant player. That I get that from everybody. Oh, he's not a dominant player. He's no, he's nowhere near any of those guys you're talking about. But they're letting this perception carry away with it. You follow me? Mm. You know, Will Anderson's like a god, like like the the best player in the draft, regardless of position, is Jalen Carter. And that's that that's it now. Bryce Young's the best player in the draft at quarterback and that value brings him up to be the best player. But one two is Jalen, it's Bryce Young, Jalen Carter. Like that, and then all of a sudden, you're now down to another level. Like that's it. Like those are the two guys that those you are could the two uh, blue chips. You could say those guys, if they play the way they played in college, and their character is young, certainly is. Well, I'm not sure on Carter. They could potentially have a gold jacket, like your boy Odell. They could potentially have a gold jacket. It's. I almost think because it's
0: almost like the these guys are playing possum with the media narratives. To where, like you mentioned, like the Will Anderson stuff. There's no, oh, they're letting the narrative carry on. Why would because, you correct them? Because you could push down a good a player that's maybe just as good, or maybe even better. Have you heard Miles Murphy's name
1: on. mentioned at all? I've
0: heard that he was falling based off of what we've seen from college football tape, like from like from what we saw at the end of the college football season. It's like, oh, Miles Murphy might go out of the top ten, or might do this and that. Or How about whatever.
1: Tyree? Now Tyree Wilson's got the foot injury, so he's yeah. going to come back for a lot of rechecks this week, which will be interesting. That'll be big for him. But he didn't work out. But he's you know he's got six six. He's two seventy. Can run from the edge. I mean, like, like nobody wants, so if just hype, let's say, let's say someone takes Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson, they're guaranteed to get a D in the draft, guaranteed to get a D just like Jacksonville taking Walker over Hutchinson, Mm -hmm. right? Like it makes no sense because we've all told you, you have to take Hutchinson, but that doesn't mean Hutchinson's better than Walker. Maybe Walker is better. I think there's a lot
0: of that going on. Well, I think the Detroit people will say, well, did you look at the sacks for Hutchinson this year and all that stuff? But, I mean, it's a career is more than one season. It's more than one. I mean, Walker's yeah. a really good player. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of untapped potential. There's yeah. no doubt he has there's a lot, lot there. of untapped. Uh, our buddy, Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, who we talked about in the last segment, he tweeted this this morning, and it kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about. He said, one thing has become clear on calls around the league past couple of weeks NFL isn't nearly as high on this year's wide receiver class as the media. Frequently seeing four to five wideouts in the mocks have spoken to numerous teams that have only one first round grade at the position. That guy is Jackson Smith in Jigba. So we talk about the yeah. wide receivers all the time. You said, Hey, there's going to be seven wide receivers by the time we get to draft night that go in the first round. Man, we had
1: to, I don't think you were doing the show. Maybe no, you, you were telling me about it though. Yeah. I got you know, a guy, a guys five receivers. New England's got to take a receiver, you know, like, like, everybody has Quentin Johnson as being like, like, there's some things to like about Quentin Johnson, but he's a little bit tight, you know? I mean, Zay Flowers is making a lot of trips. I mean, is that really what, is he in? See, the, the perception we, we we don't understand about these receivers is to be a number one receiver in the NFL, you got to be elite. You got to mm-hmm. be able to win against road coverage. You got to be, you gotta be, there's only about three or four of them. They're not a lot of them, right? There's some good ones, but they're not they're not number ones. What did your boy say? He said there was like about 18 to 20. No. He said 18 to 20. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. at least 18 to 20 number ones. See, that's the problem. I'll take one of them. Yeah. I don't know who they are. You can't name them. You know, you can't name them. So, like, oh, the england has got to take a wide receiver. Well, they're not, you know. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't have to take a receiver
0: it's I, I, I think
1: I think I think he's right. I think I think I think where this draft is really strong is in the tight end market. Mm. You know, and I was big on, I was really high on Michael Meyer for from Notre Dame mm. and you know, TV scouting. and I would say probably watching his workout at the combine, watching his senior tape, watching his I, I have become less enthralled with him. Not saying he's not a good player, but to me, I thought he was an elite receiver with separation quickness. Hard thing to do. Vince Lombardi talked about this all the time, is when you get a big guy, a big man, like a 6'5", six, six, it's hard to see his quickness. You can see it in a little guy. You never can see it in a big guy because it's subtle. And so, like, and, you know, everybody thinks Darnell Washington's just a blocker. No. I, like Kincaid from Utah. I mean, he's like the fourth tight end. He's, these guys could go early in the draft. Kincaid's a really good player. So I, I think you got to be really careful on that. The, the, sometimes these, what happens in mocks or what happens with these guys is it's easy to just continue on with the name as opposed to changing it because then all of a sudden, you know, then you're, you're given clues to what you might do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just kind
0: of just carry along the message. It's like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Yeah, yeah we, we agree. Yeah, he's top 15 player. Yeah. <laughs> when you might not, you might yeah, have him 30. Sure, if, why not? Yeah. yeah. You might, you might have them 30. I, I asked
1: board. I asked a couple teams this weekend. I said, how many first round grades do you have on guys? And the, the consensus was between 15 and 17. Well, there's 45 according to social media that have first round grades. Oh, easy. And uh, if you don't take one of them, you're an idiot. Carter, he's uh visiting the Raiders and the Seahawks. Well, he's, he's got to, I mean, he's got yeah. to go out there and do it. I mean, they, you know, look, you turn that card in, you're getting a good player. Now, you you also could be getting some problems. You you're going to have to address it. He's going to have to prove his characters in line. You know, I was told reliably that the reason Rosenhaus put out that he's not going past ten is because I think he knows that Howie Roseman will take him at ten. I, uh, whether Howie's told him that, I don't know. I can't prove that he's not going past ten. As a Cowboy fan, that's my worst nightmare. But yeah, why well, I don't I, I mean. think? Best. I think these the next few days are going to determine. I think Richardson's going to a lot of visits this week. Uh-huh. And Carter's going. So when we're in here on Thursday, we'll have more information on that.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing right now. Richardson is going to visit the Panthers. So they'll be doing that, checking off all the quarterbacks. The Panthers are bringing in all the QBs, of course, uh, since they're picking number one. Levis is going to visit with the Tennessee Titans. I believe he's in Nashville tomorrow. So that'll be his visit with Tennessee there. Um, but if you had to pin it down, and we're about to wrap up the pod here, who goes first? Is it Levis or Richardson among those uh, those quarterbacks?
1: I, I would say, I would say Levis, but I don't. I wouldn't say that with conviction. Mm. I think it's a very, very fleeting market. I would say take Richardson on the four and a half over. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's going to depend on what the Colts want to do. If the Colts just say we got to take a quarterback because we need a quarterback, I don't know how you could. Because if they take Richardson, he can't even play for him next year. He won't even play for him next year.
0: Feels like there's a mandate almost for the Colts to take a quarterback just based like on the yeah. last four or five I years. I think they
1: would be, if they want to do that, they should trade back.
0: Trade for Lamar, maybe. I would. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. Richardson, oh, by the way, his draft prop, the over four and a half, you've been talking about that for about a week plus now, It
1: was plus 200 earlier. Now it's down to minus 105. So a lot of people have been taking that over I, four I don't back. think he's in. You can't grade him high enough to take him at four. You just can't. You just cannot do it. There's no grading system. Unless you don't have a grading system, then you can do it. The draft, it's going to
0: give us more clues, but I think the biggest thing that we're looking out for before Thursday's podcast is, what are the tea leaves saying on Bryce Young in the Carolina? We yeah. know what we've been saying for about a month now if you've been listening and to the Chris GM Chris Mortensen said the same thing. So Mortensen said the same thing. Schefter's been saying it. Daniel Jeremiah had it in his mock draft. A lot of people playing catch-up, catching up to the GM Shuffle podcast with Bryce Young to the Carolina. There you go. But we'll see what
1: happens. Get your bag ready, up that's your bag of excuses. Your boy's in Baltimore. Yeah, he's getting fitted. What is he, 44 regular? Yeah, or is 44 he, what? Right? Yeah. what? How many games? Get, before we go, give yeah. me the total number of games he plays next year for Baltimore.
0: If I was an odds maker, I'd set the number 12 and a half. Uh, I'd play under. Wow, oh, no faith,
1: huh? None. But evidence, past performance predicts future achievement. It's been since 19 that he's that he's played a full season. I mean, he could play. This is 2023. He could play you know.
0: 13 and, and, and miss four
1: games. That's a considerable amount of time missed. But you think it's. Not as much as your boy Zion Williamson. I'm sure you got a bag full of excuses for his ass, too. A hamstring that lasts 12 years. I've never seen anything. You know, he's like Ferris Bueller's. You know in the movie Ferris Bueller, Zion Williamson's like Ferris Bueller. You know that, you know. Uh, uh, the, the car, yeah. The car. They, they kept it in there because they didn't want to put him Miles. That's Zion Williamson. He's the car in the Ferris Bueller's movie. We're just never taking it out. He's great, but we're never taking it out. Hamstring for four months. Four months? I've never seen it before. Unbelievable. Before we get out of here.
0: I did bet Zion to win MVP before the season started. Of course, you did. I saw you at the window. <laughs> you and Tua. That one, I will. I will confess to Zion. There's no Tua ticket. There was a Zion ticket. Clearly, that one did uh, did not work out well, but uh, I made sure to get some of your boy Embiid, who's probably going to win the award oh. coming up later on in few the few NBA the second round. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. NBA playoffs, Sixers and 60. Maybe that'll make a return. That does it for this week's edition of the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday, though, so make sure you stick around for that. We'll have more news and nuggets from Bryce Young's visit to Carolina and maybe something else that comes up here. Maybe we get a trade all the way up to number three there with the Arizona Cardinals yeah. looking to yeah, get we'll out of there. Do there. Tennessee yeah. might be uh, having their eye out there for a quarterback. But for our producer, Elliot Bowman, Thank you to him. Thank you to everybody at DraftKings and VEASAN. Thank you to all of you guys out there listening and watching on the YouTube page. Make sure you comment if you watch on the YouTube page. Subscribe, rate, and review. Pump the numbers up. That helps us out here on the GM Shuffle Podcast. But for Michael Lombardi, and Femi of Benfe. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. We'll see you then.